Hello, and welcome back to the Whole and Complete Podcast. I am Dr. Shantae, your host, and the Whole and Complete Podcast is where I provide resources on faith and wellness to help people live whole and complete lives. And we are going to be continuing our cancer series today. So thank you for joining me. I realize that this is a new endeavor for those of you who just joined me, but for others of you, we have been rocking with each other for such a long time from the Believing Bigger podcast. And actually, if you are new to this podcast and you've never listened to Believing Bigger, I encourage you to go over there and take a listen because there's a lot of good episodes over there, a lot of good content. I'm going to encourage you to start listening like around season three. because I feel like that's when things started to click for me in terms of like the technology and the audio and things like that. So I have such appreciation for people who have suffered with me through some really crappy episodes, through those growing pains. But nonetheless, go ahead and head over there if you haven't already. But Whole and Complete is all about allowing people to live a faith-driven, God-centered life that is focused on our mental, spiritual, and physical well-being. And so on this podcast, I will be offering some spiritual perspectives and connecting you with people who do this professionally in terms of the mental health space, offering some coaching perspectives, um, and also some perspectives from people who are out there living whole and complete lives. The goal here is really to create a community. So by listening to this podcast, you're already a part of that community. That means you're already tapped into those values. And as we progress, we'll begin to do things like create spaces for us to connect, Facebook groups and those types of things. But for right now, I just want to make sure that I get this content into your hands. And remember, if you have any questions, comments, takeaways from any of these episodes, you can always hit me up at Dr. Shante Says on Twitter, on Instagram, and you can use the hashtag whole and complete so that I can find your content easily and see how you guys are engaging with this podcast. So our guiding text for today, as we continue on with the cancer series, and so if you are brand new to this episode, this is a series-based podcast. And so if I say this is part two of a series, that means that you've missed a really big chunk of it, or if it's part three of a series, then that means that you need to go back and listen to the first two episodes. But However you arrived here, I'm just happy that you're here. And so I'm going to jump right into our guiding text, which is Psalms 2710. And it says, when my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. So today we're going to be focusing on metastatic spiritual cancer, the voice, and finally spiritual radiation. So let me give you some disclaimers before I jump in. This is probably the most personal episode that I have ever done. And I think that as I continue to be more transparent and open up some of these doors uh, to facilitate your wholeness and your completeness, I think that it will become apparent to you for those of you who came over from the Believing Believing Bigger podcast, why I just couldn't go there on that show, that this is a completely different trajectory. It opens us up to talk about so many more things. And so this is going to be a really personal episode and I'm going to try to get through it without getting emotional. I don't know what's wrong with me. I used to be such a G. I used to be like so gangster. I would not cry. And if I did, it was like in a corner somewhere, like off in the cut. But like these emotional breakdowns that I've been having on the podcast, especially like last season, I'm like, oh my gosh, what is going on? But you know what? That is That means that it's just necessary as part of the healing and growth process. So I'm going to embrace it instead of, you know, complaining about it like I used to. 
So let's jump right into our content, starting with metastatic spiritual cancer. So what is metastasis? So in our last episode, we talked about how a tumor can grow and choke out the development of healthy cells, right? Well, metastasis occurs when cells break away from that original tumor and then starts to spread to other healthy parts of the body. So for example, you might have a tumor in your liver, but then the cells break away and start to attack the kidneys, right? That's what metastasis does. So metastatic spiritual cancer, this occurs when the repercussions of something or someone that has hurt you begins to affect more than the initial transgression, but spreads to other healthy areas and relationships of your life. In other words, spiritual baggage. Okay, so I'm going to repeat this definition because in case you're wondering, like, where are you getting these definitions from of like spiritual cancer, metastatic spiritual cancer? I made them up. Okay, so, you know, this will be in a book somewhere someday, but right now it's on this podcast. So let me repeat, just so that we're all on the same page. Metastatic spiritual cancer. This occurs when the repercussions of something or someone that has hurt you begins to affect more than the initial transgressions, but spreads to other healthy areas and relationships of your life. In other words, spiritual baggage. So you know how that goes, right? You know, sometimes we develop trust issues. That is one of the biggest indicators of spiritual metastasis. When someone has broken trust and did not do the work to restore the relationship or seek forgiveness, it can make it very difficult to trust others with our thoughts and our feelings. And you know how that goes. One person breaks our heart and now all of a sudden everybody else after that has to suffer That is a a cancer. That is a wound that has not healed. And so that initial transgression, that was the tumor. That was the spiritual tumor. But then when it begins to spread to other healthy parts, to people who haven't done anything and to relationships that were healthy, and now all of a sudden you don't want to be bothered with anybody, that is an example of spiritual cancer. And many women, many men have challenging relationships with not only loved ones and significant others, but many people have found it hard to have healthy relationships with their parents. So not everybody has a healthy relationship with their mothers and their fathers. And that is such a foundational, essential relationship that if that relationship is not healthy, if it's not intact, if it's not sound, it can be very difficult to have healthy, loving relationships with other adults. Now, some people have completely overcome this and God bless them for that. They have had a really crappy childhood, really crappy upbringing, but managed to have really healthy, vibrant relationships and said, oh, I'm not going to be like that person or what have you. But for a lot of us, myself included, for a lot of us, if that relationship is not intact, it can create so many other problems for future relationships. And when we have a metastatic spiritual cancer that has not been healed or a wound that hasn't been healed or a relationship that has not been restored, then we do things like generalize, right? And you hear these things, you know, from friends or you see them on social media, men ain't ish, you know, these, these hoes ain't loyal and, and we struggle (laughs) in our roles and our relationships because we don't trust the other person to lead or we don't trust the other person to have our best interests at heart or, We do things and we feel like we have to perform and please in order to be worthy of love and belonging. And sometimes in our lives, through a set of conversations or lived experiences, we start to believe that unless we 
look a certain way, or we have a certain amount of money in the bank, or we weigh a certain amount or have a certain number of friends and followers and likes that we are not worthy of love and belonging. And so I want you to start to see the progression. So spiritual cancer occurs when there is a transgression, when there is a breach in the normal cycle of healthy relationships. And when there is a breach in the normal cycle of healthy relationships, sometimes it stays right there. And sometimes it just lingers, okay? So sometimes person A hurt you or person A broke trust and you're just mad at person A forever. And it starts to just kind of manifest itself in your emotions and in your thoughts and in your feelings, you know, about person A. But sometimes it metastasizes, meaning it spreads, it, it begins to permeate. And when it does that, That's what I'm talking about today on today's episodes, metastasis, spiritual cancer, when it begins to spread. So that's one example of that. But another example is through a lot of childhood experiences, through things that somebody said to us way back in the third grade, you think you all that, or just because you got big hips or just because, you know, your butt looks a certain way, you know, somebody tore us down in some way. And so through those lived experiences, we tend to think that unless we have a certain look or we have a certain amount of money or we weigh a certain amount or or that sort of thing, that we're not worthy of love and belonging and acceptance and connection. And so what we end up doing is we try to prove that we're enough, right? We do so many things to try to prove that we're worthy of love and acceptance and belonging. And so sometimes when someone cuts us down saying things like, oh, you think you're all that, or you think you're cute. And I'm talking about grade school, schoolyard stuff, but that stuff lingers well into adulthood. And sometimes we have adult versions of that where it's like, oh, you need to sit down, or "Mm, you doing too much, or who you think you are to start that business? Who do you think you are to start that podcast? Who do you think you are to try to have a quote unquote platform? You ain't nobody. Those things, they, they carry over into adulthood as well. And sometimes when we have those experiences, we have those conversations, or we have those encounters with people who don't have our best interests at heart, many of us begin to internalize that. And we start to do things to try to prove and to perform and to try to dim our light. Well, let me dress down a little bit, or let me not speak up as much, or let me go silent, you know, so that I will be loved and accepted and embraced and connected. And when we do that, we have a metastasized spiritual cancer. When we believe that the cure for worthiness is performance, this is a major indicator of spiritual cancer and one that has metastasized and spread. Which brings me to the voice. So when I say the voice, I'm actually talking about the television show, The Voice, and I'm going to tell you right now, it's going to be a long, about seven, eight minutes before we get there because you're going to be thinking to yourself, what? In God's name, does this have to do with the voice? But trust me, wait for it. It will all make sense. I will connect all of these dots. I would be remiss if I did not tell you my cancer story, my spiritual cancer story, which brings us back to the guiding scripture that I said at the beginning of the episode, which is Psalms 2710. When my father and mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. In the previous episode, I encourage you to do your own spiritual health checkup to to check out some of the fruits. And when I conducted my own spiritual health check, I found that I was not well. I was not well at all. For months, 
in the time that I had not been podcasting. So these past few months, I've been saying, you know, please bear with me. Please be patient with me. I'm in recovery. And much of that recovery was due to my own spiritual battles that were deeply rooted, deeply rooted in a cancer that had metastasized. So on Believe in Bigger podcast, one of the things that I shared with the listeners was that I was emotionally unavailable and resistant to vulnerability. So if you go back to that Why I'm Single episode, I said that that was two of the biggest issues that would keep me from having any sort of healthy relationship. And in that moment, you know, I didn't realize it at the time, but in that moment, I was sharing the extent to which my spiritual cancer had spread. The fact that I was emotionally unavailable and the fact that I was resistant to vulnerability, that was how far the cancer had spread because that's not something that just shows up in romantic relationships. That's something that shows up in family relationships. That's something that shows up in work relationships, keeping people at a certain distance, feeling like we've taken this as far as we can take it. So let me sabotage the relationships or let me cut it off or let me distance myself to escape the inevitable hurt that I know is going to come. Like that was my life. That that had been my life for many, many years. And I didn't realize it at the time when I shared it in that episode. But what I was sharing was, wow, that was the extent to which my spiritual cancer had spread. And I want to give you some perspective here. John 10.10 says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Or some versions of that say to have it more abundantly. Um, The New Living Translation says, the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. So sometimes when we hear that scripture, when we think about life more abundantly from a believer's perspective, we always tend to think about eternal life, right? When we die, we'll live forever. But no, 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 no. I want to be very clear. Jesus said, I came that you would have a rich and satisfying life. Jesus basically said, just capture the whole purpose of this podcast in that one sentence, basically so that you would have a whole and a complete life. And I'm not saying that you have to have a boo or be in a relationship, a romantic relationship to have a rich and satisfying life. But the quality of my relationships with my family, um, especially with my mother, were very estranged. And I know I've never said that out loud in public, but I'm saying it to you. So when I said that I'm going to be transparent on this podcast, I'm going to be very transparent because I know that it's going to facilitate somebody's growth and healing, um, hopefully in a way that it has helped me. In terms of my mother, you know, I love her and, you know, she loved me. We were cool but not close. And at one time we were, but as I began to have challenges in my own life and she began to have challenges in her life, the things that I thought were healthy turned out really not to be. And I'll explain that, you know, a little bit later and and certainly throughout the podcast as I began to unpack these issues. I didn't really have at the time a good explanation until I went to therapy for why we were cool, but not really close. And I didn't realize how much shame that there is associated with not having a good relationship with your mother or your family. And there is a lot of, especially in the Black community, so I can only speak for the Black community because I'm Black. Every 
culture has a, a a shame mechanism at play. But in the Black community, there's a lot of shame when you don't have a good relationship with your family or a good relationship with your parents. You can talk about all of the, the terrible, tragic, horrific, toxic things that happened to you as a child or the things that are happening to you in your adulthood. And my experience has been somebody in, in the Black community will come along and say, yeah, but that's your mama though. You know, yeah, but that's your family. Yeah, but that's your grandma. Yeah, but that's your daddy. Yeah, but that's your... In other words, there's kind of like this widespread acceptance that hurt and toxicity is permissible and that you should be the bigger person and just let it go. And passing down that sort of, of pathology, passing down that sort of oppressive mindset that it's okay for people to treat you a certain kind of way and you just have to take a licking and keep on ticking, that it's okay for people to neglect you, to abandon you, to not reciprocate in loving ways. Oh, that is perfectly fine. You know, you be the bigger person because if not, what's wrong with you? You're the one who is out of order that emotional regulation that occurs where you just have to suck it up and soldier on. Don't be soft and don't be a punk and, and don't be weak and all of that. If, if you cannot take the abuse, if you cannot withstand the, the bad mouthing and the talking and the, and all those litany of things that can happen in unhealthy family relationships, then they're not the ones with the problem. You're the one with the problem. And so I haven't really been able to share that until now, you know, having gotten help and realized, you know, been able to, to sift through so many of those issues. And for me, my mother had me when she was a teenager, like 18, 19, and she knew just about as much about raising a child as you'd expect a young girl at that age to know. And as a result, she deferred a lot of her responsibilities for raising me to other people other family members. And that's just kind of like my polite way of saying that she was neglectful in a number of ways. She was neglectful. And my father was never a part of my life. And so I always figured that my unhealthy relationships were his fault, right? Um, but I've learned that you can come from a single parent household and have a loving experience, one that is filled with structure and commitment and belonging and, and sacrifice and be perfectly healthy. Unfortunately, that just was not my experience. And all of this came to a head. So in my childhood, all of this came to a head one day when my mother decided to relocate. So I spent a number of years in Michigan, in the Ypsilanti, Ann Arbor, Michigan. So shout out to those of you who are from Grand Rapids, Detroit, that whole area. I see you. I used to live there. And when she left, when she relocated to Michigan, I was devastated. Um, you know, my mother had been kind of in and out, but this was like a move. Like now she was like going to be gone for a really significant amount of time and when I was younger, it wasn't such a big deal. But when you kind of get old enough to know better, it's very traumatizing. And the promise was, oh, Shantae, you know, I'm just going to go for a little while and I'm going to get us established and I'm going to set things up and get us a place to live. And when you come, it's going to be me and you and we're going to go here and there and we're going to do this and that. And she made all these promises to assuage my suffering in that moment. 
And fast forward, uh, when it was finally time for me to leave and relocate to Michigan with my mother, I found that it would not be her and I. It would be her and I and a man that would come to terrorize my life for the next five to six years. And during those moments of terrorization, imagine being like a seven, eight-year-old child and there's yelling, there's screaming, there's hitting, things are getting broken and what have you. And, you know, your mother is screaming bloody murder and, and all those types of things. And just kind of being paralyzed with fear in those moments because it's abusive, it's traumatic, you don't know what to do. And after those episodes, a mother who is emotionally available and present for her child would come to her child and say something like, I'm sorry that you had to hear that. I'm sorry that we're living this way. I'm sorry that this is not what I promised you. You know, I'm sorry that we're doing this sort of thing. But that was not my mother. She did not come to me after those experiences. And in some cases, she took her transgressions out on me. It's what they call displaced aggression. So she couldn't take her frustrations out on him. So she took them out on the next best thing or person. And that person happened to be me. And what I had come to realize in those situations was that nobody's coming to your rescue. Your grandmother and, and the people that you were, were living with prior to this, they're not coming to save you. Your mother's not coming to do the pat, pat, sway, sway, baby, it's going to be all right thing. And that when times get hard, you are on your own. And my mother, I've come to believe through therapy that she was just so consumed with her own shame about that situation that she could not show up and be present for me when I needed her to be present for me because she was getting traumatized and she did not realize that I too was being traumatized. And rather than talk about it, the order of the day was, we're just going to act like that didn't happen. We're just going to move on and act like that did not happen. And that was when my cancer tumor started to grow. When I realized that you can go through hard things, that people can break trust and break promises and, and place you in harm's way and not be sorry for it or not acknowledge it or not be emotionally present for you, that is when my tumor started to grow. And y'all, I was, oh gosh, eight, nine years old. And so decades this tumor has been growing and building for decades. And that's why I'm coming to you and starting with this series, because when I tell you there are things that can happen to you that you've buried away, you've put it in a file cabinet, marked do not open, thrown away the key, and you think that it just doesn't have any meaning or relevance or whatever. It was like, whoop, that was a bad chapter. And ugh, let's just not talk about that. And if you can move on from that in a healthy way, that is fantastic. That is marvelous. Good for you. But for a great many of us, that's just not the case. And so that certainly was not the case for me. And it's and that cancer, that tumor, that breach of trust and betrayal had grown and metastasized for over 30 years until I finally recognized the need to do something about it. It was one of the reasons that I'm also a high achiever. So I've accomplished a lot in my life by a young age. And the one area of my life is where I got praise and where I did get encouragement and availability and presence was when I got good grades. 
love, belonging, acceptance, if I was getting good grades, if I was winning spelling bees, if I was winning scholarships for my speaking and oratory skills, I became a performer. I learned to perform and I, I carried that over into friendships and relationships and work, the overdoer, the, the go-getter, the, the, the driven overachiever, because that was the place in my younger years where I got love and acceptance from my mother, which brings me to the voice. So I told you all it would be a while before I got here, but we're finally here, right? Romans 5, 8 says, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I know that many of you listening have a very similar cancer story. Somewhere along the trajectory of your life, you learn to perform and please in order to prove your worthiness to others. Many of us, myself included, have compromised our convictions. For me, I had a period of my life, especially in high school, with promiscuity, wearing skimpier clothes, or nowadays, you know, people post racier pictures or Sometimes women feel like, oh, if I have another baby, he'll love me. Or if I have his baby at all, he'll love me. Or we let people overstay their welcome in our lives. We'll, we'll go for that higher grade. We'll lose even more weight. We'll have elective surgery in order to gain love and acceptance. The thing is, and I want to be very clear, having a baby is great. Plastic surgery, do you, boo? It's fine. All of that is fine in and of itself. But if your mindset and your motivation behind doing those things is maybe if I do this, he'll love me. Maybe if I do this, she'll love me. Maybe if I do this, I'll be welcome in that group. Maybe if I do this, I'll be enough. If that is your mindset behind anything that you do, that is evidence of a spiritual cancer that has grown and metastasized. Which brings me to watching The Voice. So last season, I was watching The Voice, you know, the, the singing show on TV. And I got such a spiritual revelation from that show that it gave me goosebumps. I shared it with my therapist and I told her, I said, I cannot wait till I get back on the microphone to share this with my people. And so here it is. So if you've ever watched The Voice, you can go on YouTube and watch a clip if you've never seen it. Whenever the judges hear a voice that they like, they slam their hands down on the button and their chairs turn around and in big, bright capital letters at the bottom of that chair, it says, I want you. I want you. And that's when I realized in that moment that I have spent so much of my life on that stage doing so many things to get that chair to turn around, for someone to say that I want you. So I've compromised so many times to get someone to say, I want you, you know, or I've let people overstay their welcome so many times for, to get people to say, I want you. I've gone broke, you know, to try to purchase things for people to try to please and perform and perfect for someone to turn that chair around and say that I want you, that I love you, that you are enough. And that's when God told me, Shante, Baby, I've already turned my chair around for you. Romans 5 8 says that while we were yet sinners, that while we were yet broken, that while we were yet messy, Jesus left heaven to turn his chair around. He said, before we even took a breath, I want you. Before you even took a breath, I love you. And I know 
every damnable thing you're going to do. And I know every person you're going to sleep with. And I know every lie you're going to tell. And I know every Sunday that you're not going to church. And even still, I want you. I love you anyway. And while you're doing that, even while you're rejecting me, even while you are someplace where you don't need to be doing something that you don't need to be doing with someone that you don't need to be doing it with, I love you anyway. I'm coming anyway. I see you in your brokenness. I see you in your ugliness. I see you in your shame. I see you in your dirt. And I'm coming anyway because I love you despite all that you have done. I still want you in big, bold, bright letters. Jesus' death on the cross was him slamming his hand on that button and his chair turning around saying, baby, I want you. And the power of that, like I have tears in my eyes right now just even saying it, the power of that and the reality of that, that kind of love, that is the cure for our spiritual cancer. Ooh, man, let me take a minute, okay? Because I I really, I hope that you feel that. I hope that you get what I'm trying to say. And your cancer may be very different from mine. And if you don't have one, maybe you know someone who does, and I encourage you to share this episode with them. But the power of that, that kind of love, that unconditional love, That is the cure for our spiritual cancer, which brings me to spiritual radiation. In my church years ago, we used to sing this song, Oh Lord, fix me, fix me, Jesus, fix me. Matthew 11, 28 says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden or weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Most spiritual cancers develop, grow, and spread from a violation of love. In some way, shape, or form, love was replaced by neglect or betrayal or rejection, self-doubt, or some other negation of love. And it doesn't even have to be the other person. Sometimes it's not something that somebody else did to us. Sometimes we do this to ourselves, okay? I want to be clear about that. Sometimes we are are the ones that betray our own selves. And trite and cliche as it may sound, the remedy is a massive dose of love and acceptance. And the only person that gives that unconditionally is God. In our human strength, we cannot easily overcome these deficits of love. You try to forgive and then you get triggered or you try to forgive and it's just too much to overcome and let go on your own. And that's why Jesus said, come to me, come to me. All who are weary, heavy laden with all of that cancer, bring me the tumor the size of Texas and I will radiate it for you. I will will remove that for you. Jesus isn't offering to change the past. He's extending help for the present. And that's one of the things that I love about him. He's a right now kind of God. And so I want to give you some practical steps as I close out this episode. I want to give you some practical steps about how you remedy this, right? About how you go about facilitating your spiritual radiation. And then in our next episode, want to try to bring in some other voices and perspectives about healing our spiritual cancer. 
So what I want you to do is I want you to make a list of grievances. My therapist actually had me do this, okay? To make a list of grievances. In other words, who are you mad at? Who are you mad at? What did they do or not do? And how did that make you feel? Okay, so make a list of grievances. Who you're mad at, even if it's yourself, what, what they did or what they didn't do and how it made you feel. And then once you have it all out, because sometimes you just need to get it out to write it out because you don't realize that you've been holding on to this stuff for so long. Once you get it out, I want you to pray this prayer. Lord, by an act of my will, please help me to forgive so-and-so for so-and-so. So the person for the transgression. Heal me from the hurt, the pain, the shame, the anger, and the feelings of inadequacy. Remind me, Lord, that you love me unconditionally, that you always have and you always will. And let that love be enough to cover and cancel every hurt that keeps me from living a whole and complete life and send the people and the resources that are necessary to facilitate my healing. In Jesus' name, amen. Pray that prayer as often as you need to. Hit rewind on this piece of the podcast as often as you need to. But that's what it comes down to, folks. You know, I don't want us to, to go through 2020 with this, with that weight on our backs and in our spirit. Cancer is dangerous because it can really be a silent killer. Sometimes people show up in the doctor's office and it's too late, okay? Like they're late stage and there's there's not a whole lot that they can do other than make some final arrangements and tell your family, and you know, we can try to keep you comfortable, but it's too far gone. I don't want that to happen to you. I don't want you to become so bitter that you can't turn back, to become so jaded that you can't turn back, to become so cynical that you can't turn back. There is hope yet still for you. There is healing yet still for you. And in our next episode, we are going to get into some of those perspectives about how this cancer can manifest into other areas of our lives and also some practical things that we can do to remediate it, hopefully once and for all. So that is it, folks. That is all. If you have any questions, comments, takeaways, you know, you can hit me up at Dr. Shante Says on Twitter, on Instagram. Use the hashtag whole and complete. At the end of this series, I will be opening up the door for what I call hope and healing sessions. So if there's something that you want to talk through and walk through uh, from this cancer series, um, some things that you want to remediate in your own life and you just need some help kind of parsing that out and, and you want some perspectives, about how to approach it, you know, spiritually, not from a, a preaching perspective, you know, because I hate when people come to people for help and they just kind of like throw the Bible at them, you know, no, but just coming from a place of non-judgment and love and acceptance and hearing your story and you being able to get that out in a safe space, then I will be opening up the door to do that at the end of this series. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. If this was helpful to you, I'm going to ask you to review this podcast. So head to iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're listening from and go ahead and rate this podcast. And then please be sure to share it. Okay, so please be sure to share it with someone that you think could benefit from hearing it. I love you so much and I will see you on my next episode. Bye-bye.